You made it a brand new edition of Village Vice. He is Zach Blackerby. I'm Brad Law. The month of November begins with a literal freeze warning for most of the state of Alabama. Baby, <laughs> if that ain't a good sign of things to come, I don't know what is. Yeah, we don't get a whole lot of cold weather, but now we can kind of twist it into making it whatever narrative we want it to be, which is there great. Can. And which if you don't great. think we're gonna, you don't think we're gonna wear it out, you don't know us very well. We will wear it out. That's right. uh, be before we get going to the to the Auburn portion of today's show, we're not strictly Auburn. We can talk about Auburn with a lake. Um, Dabo, sure. at the time that we are are talking, Zach, you are not aware of Dabo Sweeney's conversation on his coach's call-in show, correct? No, I haven't seen this. Okay. So for those of you that watch later in the week, forgive us a little bit and, and permit us to be a little bit dated. Um, so his call-in show Monday night, a fan calls in and says, hey, why are we paying you millions of dollars to go four and four? Okay. Number ah. one, number ah. one, Clemson, why are you still taking calls? Uh-huh. Right. Why are you still taking calls? Like, really, most of us did away for that reason, too, for, for the reason that you get calls like that. And before we get into, well, they're getting paid millions of dollars. Can they not handle a little bit of criticism? It's just not good. It's it's not quality content. It's not good radio. Anyway, Whew. Dabo, rather than saying, man, you're entitled to your opinion and, and thank you for your passion and the reason that, you know, Clemson fans are so great is because of their passion. For about five minutes, he lit into the caller and said, you're part of the problem. And basically he said, Clemson didn't do jack before we got here. And now we've won you know, 10 games, 11 games, 10 years in a row. And um, even the best, you know, he listed all the great coaches at Clemson and, or, you know, pretty good coaches at Clemson and said they had bad years. And I mean, I mean, for five minutes, Zach lit into the guy. Uh-huh. Um, it makes me think of the Seinfeld episode, the classic car reservation skit. And there's a big difference for those of us in the industry we were reminded of a valuable lesson. There's a big difference between a call taker and a call screener. See, you know how to take the call. You just don't know how to screen the call. And that's really the most important part of the call, the screening. Anyone can just take them. You got to screen those calls if you're going to do them. Sure. Okay. Yeah, no question about it. No question about it. Uh, you want you want to jump into you want to do a little stat time? Is it we, time? Sure, let's do stat. I love stat time. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Let's start with Caleb Burton, who's the guy that we talked about earlier in the week here on Village Vice. I think he's trending up. I believe you feel the same way. Yeah. And I love that he's kind of being moved around the formation. So Caleb Burton had more snaps out wide than he did in the slot for the first time in his career against Mississippi State. Mm. Love that. Um, he was ranked the number seven wide receiver in the country by 247, by the way. Lest we forget how talented this guy is. He's dealt with injuries. Yeah. And and just because he didn't go for 800 yards or 15 touchdowns his, his year at Ohio State, that, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, we've, talk, we've talked at length about their loaded wide receiver room. So mm -hmm. this is a real talent. He knows how to work hard. Uh, super productive in high school and, and is going to be productive here. I think so. And you see the glimpses of like how, how freely he moves and how natural it looks for him. Mm -hmm. I think it's just kind of a matter of time before 
both he and the offense kind of sync up. And I think there's a lot of things that are hindering a lot of production from Auburn's pass catchers. Some of it's talent. I don't think it's talent with Caleb Burton, but I think some of it's talent across the board. I think some of it is just, is taking Peyton Thorne in this offensive coaching staff a little bit longer to gel than we all realize. But I think Caleb Burton's going to be a benefactor of these last few weeks of, okay, you know, let's move guys around. Let's put him on the outside of the field just because we need to get our best receivers on the field. Jay Fair, you're the slot guy. Javaris Johnson, you're going to play a lot of slot too. But we saw more snaps outside for Caleb Burton and more snaps outside for Javaris Johnson. I thought that was telling. Get the best guys on the field, Brad. Yeah, uh, Cam Brown and Caleb Burton, both CBs, were the two guys that, that I thought were, it hurt that they were limited by injury at the beginning of the year. And now Cam, you know, he had two catches for 12 yards against State. All five of his catches have come in the last four ball games. Yeah. It just, you know, I, I know they weren't blockbuster catches or superstar plays, but man, if you can get some steady production, if you get two, three catches a game out of both those guys in the month of November, you're going to be in pretty good shape. Sure, sure. All right, Jarquez Hunter is now the 25th all-time in Auburn rushing history with 1,716 yards. He passes Curtis Kuykendall, Joe Childress, friend of the program, Brad Lester, and Jimmy Seidel. So pretty solid group there, and, and I think Jarquez Hunter will, will continue to rise the ranks. Yeah, very excited. I mean, he he's looking comfortable now. He is, um, again, I, I don't know how healthy he's been throughout the course of the season, but the yeah. last two weeks he has looked the best. Um I think there is an emphasis on on going to the strength and running the ball with more intention uh, or being more intentional about running the ball, and that bodes well for Jarquez. We talked early in the year about how few carries he got in the first handful of ball games. I mean, he had 11 carries against Samford and 11 against Cal, nine against Texas A&M. Since then, three of the next four weeks, he's gotten at least 15 carries, and I think that's the norm as we go forward for Jarquez, and that's going to lead to product, uh, production. I think so. And, I mean, he's kind of the center of this offense right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I, don't, I don't think that's a crazy thing to say when you look at what Jarquez Hunter is doing. And we've you seen know, teams be able to run the ball against Vanderbilt and Arkansas. And so I don't think that style or strategy will change for the remainder of the season. Eight of his nine catches and 87 of his 91 receiving yards on the year have come in the last three ball games. That so that's further evidence of him being a focal point, if not the focal point of the offense. Yeah, I guess the only way I see his production dropping would be if Demari Austin gets healthy and they've got to split carries again. Mm-hmm. That's really the only way I see Jarquez Hunter falling off. But is him. All right, let me ask you this before we move to the next uh, piece. Yep. If Jarquez gives you the kind of production, let's say he averages, I'm going to do some quick math in my head here. Over the last two weeks, he's averaged 16 carries, and he's averaged about 120 yards. Okay. 16 for 120. How many of those 16 do you take away and give to Damari if Jarquez is giving you that kind of production? What did Damari get against Mississippi State? I'll have to look that up. I don't have it right in front of me. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me either. But I can get it very quickly. Four or five, I guess. Yeah. And I don't love that, personally. I don't love that. But Damari Austin deserves touches. 
especially if he's healthy. This coaching yeah. staff feels good about Tamari Austin. I think so. Four for nine, two catches, seven yards. Okay. Yeah. So, like, does Damari go from four carries to eight carries and Jarquez go from 16 to 12? Like, I'm okay with that as long as he's getting mm -hmm. two or three catches as well. Yeah. I'm sure that's fine. Okay. I that's don't fine. know that I am. I, I think I, I don't know that I take away the carries. I don't know that I take away that many carries from Jarquez. If you take away four out of 60, you're taking away a quarter of his carries. It's a lot. And again, yeah, that, that seems a lot when he's being productive. Now, if you're trying to load manage, I know you believe in Damari, but that's kind of what we've, you know, we've talked throughout the season about the strength of the running back room and only so many plays in a game. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't know that I take away four. I don't know the answer. Yeah, there. and this staff, and it's not all in the staff. Uh, a lot of it is, though. Like, they haven't figured out how to use all of these talented running backs yet mm -hmm. because the running game's kind of been at its best over the last two weeks when they've had a dude be like the guy when Jarquez has been the guy. And so I don't know. I don't think I would change it, but I wouldn't be shocked if they give Damari Austin more touches. Yeah. I, I'm very pro like bell cow yeah. running back. Uh, that's just, I just think it's better that way. We talked about flow Not, with the quarterbacks. I think it's yeah. similar to running backs too. I see. I do too. And we don't talk about that enough. I, I do think there is something to be said for a running back being allowed to be in rhythm. Now, not carry on Johnson 35 carries against Mercer. That's not the, I mean, that's, that's unwise. That's wild. But yeah. Right. You know, with Jarquez, I think 16 to 20 to 22, I think it's fine. The I don't, I don't is, want him going much more than 16 unless it's like the Iron Bowl. I, I just, mm -hmm. I don't see the upside of that. But I think 16 is a good spot for Jarquez Hunter to be. Yeah. All right. The question is, if you're going to give more to Damari, do you maybe take away more passing plays? Do you go more run heavy? Mm -hmm. And a lot of that depends on, you know, down and distance and game flow, yeah. right? Like you can't really plan all right. that. No, that's right. If it's second and four, third and two, now you have more run options than if it's third and 12 or third and eight. Right. Which goes back to winning on first down so you can yeah. get in those situations and whatever Robert's doing on third down, change it because it's yeah. not working. All right, earlier, uh, earlier in the day, Brett McMurphy put out a tweet that I don't think was 100% correct, so we're going to amend it a little bit here. Okay. But he said LSU's Jaden Daniels is trying to become the first starting quarterback to beat Nick Saban in consecutive seasons since Purdue's Drew Brees did it in 98 and 99, uh, back when Saban was against Michigan State. And then he added that nobody's done that since he's been in Alabama, which I do believe is true. But a lot of people are pointing out the Rex Grossman beat him twice in a row in 2000 and 2001. But that's still unbelievable. If that's the case, he's gone oh. over 20 years without a quarterback beating him in back-to-back -back seasons? Wow. What? Yeah. That's, um... Yeah, that's crazy because Chad Kelly was not at Ole Miss. He was, he was I guess, injured in 2014. So he was not the Ole Miss quarterback that beat Alabama in 14. Yeah, he but was in 15. Yeah. Dr. Wow. Bo. It's insane. How about that? Yeah, that well, insane. it is. I mean, how many, well, how many teams have beaten Alabama back-to-back -back years? Not many. They just, you know. Not many. Other than Ole Miss, is there a team that's beaten Alabama back-to-back -back seasons since he's been there? If you take away 07 that first year? 
LSU did early, right? LSU I think did that's in it. seven. They did in seven. I don't know about eight. I don't think they did in eight because they went undefeated in the regular season. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So we'll yeah, see if Jane Daniels wow. was able to pull that off or not. But that's just that's bonkers. That yeah. is bonkers. Um. All right. Let's talk linebackers with this last stat time in just yeah. a moment. Um, but got to tell you about our friends at MyBookie. MyBookie.ag is the best place to check out all of the props, odds, lines. Auburn, if you think Auburn's going by two touchdowns, you need to head over to MyBookie.ag. Make that first deposit. Use promo code next round. You'll get extra money, free plays to bet with. You're welcome. MyBookie.ag. Put it all on Auburn. I feel good about Auburn covering against Vanderbilt. I know some folks are kind of saying, hey, Vandy's better than the record is, and that may be true, but still, I think Auburn is going to be okay on the road in SEC play. But anyway, mybookie.ag, use promo code next round. Cam Riley, he's played 89 snaps this season. Okay. He's rushed the passer. He's been a pass rusher on 11 of them. And of those 11 times he's rushed the passer, he has six total pressures, including two sacks. Hmm. So he's only rushing the passer about 13% of the time or 12% of the time. Yeah. One out of eight. One out sure. of eight snaps. Right. All right. But on over 50, yeah, on over 50% of the times he's bringing pressure, he's affecting the quarterback. Yeah. All right. Uh, the two sacks came against Samford and Texas A&M. He had a quarterback hurry and a pass breakup against Mississippi State. I'm really happy to see Cam starting to produce more. It's not that the work that he's doing has changed. Yeah. You're just starting to see some more results. And his physical, I mean, 6'5", 240, he, he, could, he should be able to do so many things. And it's really nice to see him start thinking less and reacting more and reacting faster and yeah. using his physicality. And yeah, I, I will be interested to see if he brings more pressure, if he's a guy that's used on the edge a little more down the stretch. I wish, especially knowing now how much we're rotating linebackers and how many guys are playing at linebacker key snaps mm -hmm. for the Auburn defense. And there was talks and rumblings about this. I don't think it ever really happened outside of maybe a few a few plays in practice, but I wish Cam Riley would have moved to Jack. Mm -hmm. I think that's a more natural spot for him. I think he's a little bit better closer to the line. I think him just kind of saying, Hey, go and rush the passer is fits his skill set a little bit more and be a guy where you can drop him in coverage some if you want to. But when Auburn right. was so thin at the Jack spot before they yeah. brought in McLeod and Sings and, you know, McAllister was here for the spring, but I, I wish he would have gotten more reps at Jack linebacker. I think that would have helped him and his chances in playing football longer in his career and yeah. possibly getting a shot at the next level. I, I, I wish he would have done that. Do you think on this year's team that he would have taken snaps from McLeod or McAllister? I think so. I think mm -hmm. he would have early, and I think he would have in pass rushing situations, mm -hmm. especially because McLeod took a minute to get going, and I think mm -hmm. he kind of probably could have solidified himself part of the market share with that because I don't think I don't think they brought Elijah McAllister in to rush the passer. So certainly, yeah, I think yeah. so. I think, right. I, yeah, absolutely, sure. absolutely. Yeah. And maybe he still could be the fourth linebacker in that situation too if McLeod came back and his snaps there fell off. So 
I just, I don't know. I, I, I hope he considers that this offseason because yeah. I, I think he can do it. I think he can do it at a high level. But these linebackers, man, this is, I was really pleased with them against Mississippi State. I, yeah. I, I think this is probably the best performance from the Auburn linebacker room outside of Cal, maybe, yeah. this season. I mean, they, they were really a big strength of this defense. Yeah, against an offense that we discussed last week runs most of their plays off tackle or outside the tackles. They really try to make you go sideline to sideline. It's kind of a cliche, but they do, they're they an east-west type offense, mm -hmm. which is why when they do their play fakes and then the route where the receiver starts on the right and winds up on the left sideline, those were, you know, they took a little longer to develop, but they were able to have success with those. I, I agree. I think Austin Keys being back for Auburn, is a big deal. You know, at Ole Miss, he was not a guy that stacked double-digit tackle games. I mean, he wasn't a, a huge tackle-per-game guy, but he's going to be in the right spot. I, I don't think he's going to get out-leveraged very often, and even though he only had a couple of tackles in this game, had four in his return against Ole Miss, that's, that's steady production from the linebacking core that allows you to spell somebody else um, – and you're going to need that with these seven straight games, six of them being SEC games, mm -hmm. four left, three being conference games left. You just you you got to have the depth. Yeah, looking at Auburn's linebackers, Larry Nixon played 22 snaps, Eugene Asante played 39, Cam Riley 28, Austin Keys 43. Wesley Steiner only played four, but I mean those those snaps? guys are getting like real snaps. Yeah. How many snaps did Mississippi State have? How many plays did they have offensively? Auburn had 69 defensive snaps. Nice. Okay. So, yeah, well, nice number. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, Asante with what? I was expecting the Manscaped read there. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, it's a perfect place for it, isn't it? Yeah. I was told today that Ask people me again. for that. Ask me again. How many snaps did Mississippi State have in the game? Uh, Auburn had 69 defensive snaps. You know what? That reminds me, Zach, to talk about Manscaped.com. Right now, Village Vice viewers, the Vice Squad, get 20% off plus free <laughs> shipping when you use promo code VICE. Would you hold it together? Goodness no. gracious. No, um, I can't do it. Listen, we're in November. It's no shave November. And if that's what you choose to, if that's the route you choose to go, uh, then then look, God bless you for it. But if you need the handyman, the compact face shaver, you get 20% off plus free shipping with promo code VICE right now at manscaped.com. Um, if you don't want to participate in No Shave November, nowhere, then listen, you want to you want to start celebrating those holidays just right. Manscaped.com, 20% off plus free shipping, promo code VICE. Manscaped is the best in men's grooming. So a lot of different linebackers are playing substantial yeah. snaps. And, right. and I think that's worth noting moving forward because that's not what we've seen, right? And some of this has been injury over the last few years, but like during the potato famine, there'd be two linebackers that would play like 90% of the snaps. It was yeah. unbelievable. No, right? Owen Papo needed oxygen after every game. God bless. Yeah, Zacoby McLean. Yeah. And then, you know, Chandler Wooten was in that role after – Owen went down. Like I mean, yeah. it was a brutal. I mean, those guys were playing a ton. Yeah, they were playing a ton. So that's not really happening anymore. And maybe that's freeing things up. I, I don't know. I don't know. But Austin Keys looked better to me on Saturday than I expected him to, and he played a bigger role 
on Saturday than I expected him to. So I yeah. guess his staff feels really confident in his return from injury, which is great, which is yeah. great news. It's it, it's more beef in that line. I mean, you know, Nixon is a hard hitter, and he's got thickness to him. And Key is at 6'2", 230, 235. Talked about Cam Riley's size. Yeah, There's good size. And you know, when two guys are hurt, then you can't take advantage of that. doesn't do you any good. Um, mm-hmm. But when all those guys are healthy and available, that's that's the kind of size that that can back up the fit or can produce the physicality right. that you need in this league to finish well, which is yeah, what Auburn's it, trying to do. Right. They are trying to finish well. And you look at, OK, well, Vandy's going to run the ball a ton, especially if they start, you know, that that massive human being at quarterback that's mm-hmm. from Jackson, Alabama, where's number two. I forget his name, but Walt Taylor. That's it. Walt Taylor. They, they're going to run him a bunch. They did mm-hmm. against Ole Miss. Um, they're going to run the football as much as they possibly can. I, I think they feel more comfortable running the ball than passing it. And you're going to need these big linebackers to bring down that very, very large boy that mm-hmm. will be running the ball. Same with Arkansas, right? Assuming KJ Jefferson yep. is still right. kind of being used there. I mean, that's a big aspect of this too. Like yeah. you, you got to, then New Mexico state is, is, is what it is. And then with Alabama, I, I'm curious to see how they use them, but, these next few, man, boy, do they need they need solid play out of their linebackers. For context, KJ Jefferson listed at 6'3, 247. He seems bigger than that to me. Definitely seems taller for yeah, sure. But he's listed at 6'3, almost 250. Now, think about how big that is. Walt Taylor at Vanderbilt is 6'7, 235. So he's a little lankier, but. Um, that boy ain't lanky, but yeah, lanky. Err, it's a. I understand. It's, it's I understand. relative than six three two forty seven, but yeah, he's a big boy. He's he, you're not gonna you're not just gonna wrap your your hands around his ankles and bring him down. You're and he's good too. I mean, he he was on three. Had him as a four yeah. star coming out yeah. of high school. Um, Vandy got him, so we'll uh, we'll we'll see what that production looks like for them this Saturday, but. Brad, I think that about does it for uh, today's show. It does. Thanks, everybody, for watching, having some fun with us. Remember, until next time, everyone has vices. Some of them were on display today. Everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours. (laughs) 